We're keeping with football. We're getting them on the line right now. We're jumping right into it. We had a jam-packed pre-Turkey Day stuffed show set up for you, and it continues on. It continues to be a jam-packed stuffed show, and so it is with great pleasure and great gratitude that we'll have Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football com join us here on the airwaves to speak on the fantasy football NFL week 12 proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub and the Penn and Trophy Center Mr. Sofka has been very patient this morning as all the coaches have gotten on to the wake up call with Dan Satora pre-Turkey Day special so I thank you for that Mike and how are we doing today awesome how you doing doing very well and and you know this is this is a good time you know this is a beautiful time when, when it comes to the NFL because of the fact that, you know, number one, I love Thanksgiving, and it's one of my favorite times of year, and it connects with one of my other favorite times of year, which is Christmas. So I'm ecstatic about it. But the other thing I'm ecstatic about is that we're actually going to get to see some good games finally on Thanksgiving. I feel like it's been a while. You know, the Dallas-Washington game is going to decide who's at the top of the NFC East division and who is leading the race to win that division. Then, when, you know, here in week 12 of the season, and then with the Chicago Bears-Detroit Lions game, Detroit has been up and down and around the corner, but they still have some talent. They still have some fun. A lot of people will see them for the first time potentially this season it, watching the game on Thanksgiving. Chicago is 7-3, and three, so that's a, a huge, huge game that, you know, people pay attention to, should pay attention to. And then we get to see that rotator game at night and this one being between the Falcons and the Saints. And the Saints are one of the greatest teams that are out there right now. I mean, the Rams are good. The Chiefs are good. The Saints are good. And, you know, there's there's more than two teams that's, uh, that can make a case, a big case, that they would be in the Super Bowl this season. So every single game has implications. Every single game has, has high quality. So how do you see it? I mean, I, to me, this is one of the best Thanksgiving trios that that I've seen in a very long time I can't remember one that's that's been better in recent history how do you feel about what we're going to see on Turkey Day yeah I think the games are going to progressively get bigger scores higher totals as the day goes on I we're going to talk about the uh, quarterback situation in Chicago I'm sure in just a few minutes but I think that that game's going to be a relatively lower scoring game that people anticipate at Detroit and then as you go to Redskins, Cowboys, I think things will loosen up a little bit. There'll be some more points. And then for dessert, late night, 8-20, we'll have all the points scored in the late game. So I think it's going to be a progressive day as far as fantasy points go, and it should be an exciting way to end the day. Absolutely. We're going to hop right into it. Fantasy Football Power Hour proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub of Camillus, New York, and the Penn and Trophy Center of East Syracuse, New York, at their new location, serving the community for over 60 years. You can now find them at 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, right by BJ's Wholesale Club. So big thanks to the Penn and Trophy Center and the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. Make sure you go and check them out and spend some time there and obviously watch as many games as you possibly can inside of those walls because it's definitely worth it. Awesome place to be at the Wildcat Sports Pub. So we're going to hop right into the games, right into the matchups here with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. We'll tell you who we're predicting to win, and we'll give you all the fantasy advice you need as well as the injury report to help you out. Bears at the Lions will be on Turkey Day at 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. What do you think about this one? 
Well, Mitch Trubisky is suffering through a little bit of an injury right now, and he's day-to-day with the shoulder. It was a hit taken by Harrison Smith, and I, I don't, I, you know, I don't know if it was a dirty hit or not. It doesn't really matter at this point. What matters is he's questionable for the game. And I think if he's questionable at this point, I think they're going to go ahead and go with the backup and chase Daniel. And I think that's going to impede the scoring in this game dramatically. Now, the good thing is, is for Chicago is Detroit's been relatively soft, especially in one area on the defense, and that's in the slot. And that's where you're going to find all your value in this game, fantasy-wise, is with Anthony Miller. He put up a, a stat line of uh, five catches, 122, and a touchdown two weeks ago when they played. So this is a guy that they're going to try to take advantage of that again. Now, don't think Detroit isn't wise to this, but it's been a challenge for them getting those secondary receivers and those, you know, those options after the primary target is covered. That's been a challenge for them all year. So I think there's going to be an opportunity for Chase Daniel to do something here, but there's a reason why he's the backup. There's a reason why they went out and got Mitch Trubisky. So, you know, I don't think Trubisky's going to play. I think you're going to find a lot of value, again, in the running attack as well. So I see a Jordan Howard as maybe a flex play. A Tariq Cohen is like an RB2 in this game. I see that Anthony Miller might be the surprise guy that carries you through a daily fantasy week here. I think Trey Burton's going to have some opportunities to get some, some of those gadget plays that they run for him. But, you know, I think he's a very low-end tight end one in this game. And then on the other side, I think you have the better quarterback in Matt Stafford. Now, I say better, but I don't think that's necessarily going to equate to a better day, whether it's Chase Daniel or Mitch Trubisky on the other side. Because let's face it, Chicago's got a solid defense. they got a solid pass rush. Khalil Mack is back. So I think it's going to be a challenge for them. And it's going to be a challenge for them running the ball. They'll probably be without carry on Johnson, so that's gonna you know, rest the rushing attack in a three headed monster known as Theoretic McGarrett Blunt and Zach Zenner. I think Theoretic's the primary beneficiary there, especially in a PPR format. Uh, Marvin Jones still dinged up a bit, still questionable. You saw what Kenny Galladay was able to do last week though when he was away, but this is a desperate game for Detroit. I think they may surprise people. I think this game's going to be closer than people think. Nothing to speak of from the tight end position unless, uh, you know, Michael Roberts is going to come back from an injury. He's questionable as well. So I think that Detroit's going to keep this game close. It wouldn't be a surprise to me if they snuck out a win, but I'm going to go ahead and take Chicago in this game anyway. Yeah, and this is the tough part of it is the fact that, you know, this is a game that is dealing with so many injuries, and you never want to see that to any team, you know, especially, you know, teams that are, you know, Detroit is is on its last of its last of its last leg, so to speak, and Chicago is a team that's found a lot of success this season. So, you know, you want these teams to be healthy as they move forward, any team to be healthy. Like you mentioned, Mitch Trubisky, he's questionable with a shoulder injury. Adam Shaheen with a concussion is questionable as well at the tight end position, and he's been injured this season outside of that. And then for the Detroit Lions side of things, as Mike had mentioned, a bunch of guys on this list, doubtful as on Johnson with a knee injury. And that's what you want to see. You know, I'm used to watching Barry Sanders with the Detroit Lions. You know, you're used to watching, when you watch the Detroit Thanksgiving game, you're watching a running back. You're watching them put the ball on the ground. 
And with on Johnson, I'm not comparing him at all to Barry Sanders. I'm just saying when I think Detroit, I think running the ball, and we're not going to see on with that, which is sad. Marvin Jones Jr., questionable with a knee injury as well. And Michael Roberts, like you said, is, is questionable at the tight end position. So, you know, for Chicago, I look at Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Those are the guys I lean on. Taylor Gabriel, potentially Anthony Miller is a flex guy for you, and Anthony Burton. You know, those are guys that you look to, but it's who Chase Daniel feels most comfortable with. So I feel more safe saying Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, but Gabriel Miller and Burton are not bad to put out there. It's just how well Chase Daniel knows him, and every quarterback has their guy, like I always tell you, so you got to watch that. LeGarrette Blunt is the guy that you can kind of, you know, look at short yardage, gainers, and whatnot. Theo Riddick might get involved a little bit more, so Blunt and Riddick are flex position guys in this game, and... For me, Kenny Galladay is really the only receiver that I would write home about for Detroit in this matchup. I'm going to take the Bears as well in this game. Too many injuries to Detroit, and I think Chicago, their defense, I mean, like Khalil Mack and and having what they have and doing what they do, I think they'll be able to do enough to get the victory and get to 8-3. and three. The Chicago team is still dangerous, and my hope is that, obviously, Mitch Trubisky gets healthy, and everybody on both sides of this coin gets healthy as well. Second Turkey Day game is the Redskins at the Cowboys. This game has implications of who will be at the top of the NFC East, believe it or not, with the Redskins doing good things this season, but season to season, they seem to almost make it, maybe make it, but kind of put themselves in a position that 8-8 eight and eight road or close to it, which opens the door to other teams. And the Dallas Cowboys somehow, someway are winning some of these games. So this Turkey Day special is going to be a big one, probably the biggest one the Cowboys have played in a while. What do you think about Redskins-Cowboys, Mike? Well, they have something tilted their way, and that's Alex Smith is out. Gruesome leg injury, 33 years to the day that Joe Theismann quarterback of the same Washington Redskins had that gruesome leg injury as well that ended his career. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but that happened on 11-18. And Alex Smith's number was what? 11. And Joe Theismann's number was what? 7. Add 11 and 7. You get 18. 11-18. Both leg injuries on the same day, 33 years apart. This one does not look good for Alex Smith. Colt McCoy steps up. And Colt McCoy is going to be okay. I think the Redskins are going to rally around him. I think they're going to put out a great game. I think they're going to have a great game plan with Adrian Peterson running the ball, leading the charge. Adrian Peterson, a bottom end running back too. But I don't think it's going to be enough. I don't think it's going to be enough when you're facing Ezekiel Elliott, number three running back on my rankings this week. I don't think it's going to be enough when you're facing Amari Cooper, who has come in and found a second breath of life in Dallas and has made the Dallas Cowboys a little bit better all the way around. He puts Cole Beasley in a position to be successful in the slot or against the number two man. He puts less emphasis on the run on Zeke, opening things up so Zeke can run when he gets the opportunity. So I think that this is going to be a victory by Dallas. I think it's going to be closer than people think. I think it's going to be uh, you know, a game where uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. It's not going to be a ton of scoring, but it's going to be more scoring than the first game. Jordan Reed might make an appearance here. He's been looking a little bit better. And you know what? It's week 12, and he's still not injured. He's still playing. So God bless Jordan Reed, number five tight end, checking in on my rankings. And, you know, I've been talking about these close games. I do want to point one thing out. 
last week's rack of games had a ton of games that were close. Let me tell you, there was 13 games last week. 11 of them were decided by five points or less. And eight of the of those games were decided by three points or less. This game is going to be one of those, just like the first one. It's going to be close, but Dallas is going to win. Yeah, you know, when I look at this matchup and, and, and these two teams, and I agree with you, you know, I think – I think that, you know, this game is going to be close. The implications of it almost feels like a college football game at the end of the season, which I think is pretty cool. Tavon Austin, questionable in the game with a groin injury, but most of you, I would think mostly all of you, don't have Tavon Austin on your fantasy team. As far as the skins go in this matchup injury-wise, just to take a quick note here, Jamison Crowder's been on the report for a while. Ankle injury has got him questionable in this game, and, and obviously we know that Alex Smith, is not going to be out there. Chris Thompson's questionable with a rib injury. Samaje Perrine is in a position right now with his calf injury. We haven't seen him all year. His calf injury has left him questionable, so he could play in this game. With that being said, let's look at the skins first and then the Cowboys. For the skins, obviously, Adrian Peterson is worth the play in this game. I think he's going to play up in a big-time moment. Jordan Reed, I would look to him as well. I'm not a big fan of the receivers of the Skins, and I really don't feel like they have a number one guy. So I would say Peterson and Jordan Reed on one side of things. On the other side of it, for the Dallas Cowboys, who I am picking to win this game, I would say, obviously, Ezekiel Elliott. Amari Cooper, give him a shot. He has opened things up for this team. They were without a number one receiver. They have a number one receiver. Let's open up the game for the rest of the guys and move some things around. Michael Gallup and Cole Beasley, not bad flexes. Cole Beasley, a low-end wide receiver, too. Amari Cooper, worth the play out there. But I think his decoy help is going to open up the game for Gallup and Beasley in this matchup. So I don't, I'm not high on Amari Cooper. He's wide receiver, too. Gallup. Flex type guy, Beasley, low end wide receiver too. But I think they're all worth the play because they're going to be in a big time matchup and somebody's going to be scoring the ball for the Cowboys in this game. And I do believe it'll be close, but I'm picking the boys as well. The third and final Turkey Day game, the Falcons at the Saints. Mike, what do you have for this? Yeah, I think this is the game that's going to score more fantasy points. Both teams have been suspect having points scored against them. But, you know, let's face what it is it's New Orleans in New Orleans. This is almost like a game where you could say, there's no way Drew Brees and New Orleans lose at home. So be careful when that happens, especially when Vegas is talking about a 13-point spread. Is that possible? Yes. Is it going to happen? Probably. But this is the NFL, and there's still a chance. And you still have Matt Ryan and some tremendous receivers and tremendous offensive talent, even if Atlanta is suffering on a defense, especially in the secondary. Now, New Orleans had some challenges of their own on defense, but it looks like they're overcoming some of those deficiencies, especially with the recent acquisition of Eli Apple. So I look for Drew Brees and Matt Ryan both to have QB1-type days. They're the number two and number three quarterbacks on my ranking this week. When you talk about New Orleans, you know you got to talk about Alvin Kamara. And in the second breath, you got to talk about Mark Ingram. Alvin Kamara, number five running back on my rankings. Number 16 for Mark Ingram. And you know what? On the other side of the ball, Tevin Coleman has been doing okay, but they missed Devonta Freeman. You know, this is a situation where uh, Ito Smith has stepped up and got some goal line touches, but they missed Devonta Freeman, and that's what it is. Well, the receivers have stepped up. 
most recently, Julio Jones finally getting in a touchdown mix. Number one receiver on my board. And number three receiver is Michael Thomas right behind him. So this should be an outstanding week for receivers and quarterbacks in your fantasy world. And looking at tight end, you know, I, I, New Orleans hasn't really had that guy step up yet. Ben Watson's been there 102 years old. God bless him. He's doing a yeoman's job. But Austin Hooper's been gradually progressing week by week by week. And I can see that rapport, that relationship starting to build back with Matt Ryan. So look for Austin Hooper to turn some heads in this game. Number six tight end on my rankings this week. So I think there's going to be some outstanding offensive play. Defense, maybe not so much. But there may be some big defensive plays, which will make this game exciting. Maybe a little closer than Vegas thinks. And I'm definitely taking New Orleans at home. Yeah, I'm going to take New Orleans at, at home as well in this matchup. You know, I took the uh, the home team for the Cowboys game, the away team for the Lions game, but I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints in this matchup and agree with you, Mike. You know, I, I think that this is set up to be a nice game. I think the Saints are going to are going to create more separation than maybe people expect from two high-scoring offenses, but I do think that there's going to be fantasy value on both sides of this thing. I want to start with the Atlanta Falcons, uh, just to let you know of any injuries here you got to look out for. Thigh injury questionable for Calvin Ridley has left him there. We know Devontae Freeman is out, as you had mentioned. And then for the New Orleans Saints th- side of things, really quick here to take a look at it. Uh, obviously, they have a bunch of guys on IR at the wide receiver position. Questionable, though, for the game is Traquan Smith with a foot injury out of UCF, and you hope that he's going to have some time out there. Cool that you know, he's on the team doing some good things, and he was the one that helped set that record with Drew Brees when he caught that touchdown pass earlier this season for Drew Brees to have the most career passing yards ever by a quarterback inside of the NFL. So nice that, that Traquan Smith got to be a part of that and his connection back to UCF. Looking at this game, Matt Ryan, you got to put him out there in this. Tevin Coleman, I like him in this as well. Julio Jones. I, I look to him. Mohamed Sanu is a wide receiver three because of Kelvin Ridley not being fully healthy. And Austin Hooper, I like him in this matchup as well. I said at the beginning of the season this was his last opportunity to show something positive to Atlanta before they cut ties, and he's definitely been taking that opportunity. Drew Brees on the other side of it is a must play. Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram the second must plays. Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, if he's healthy and ready to go, I would look to him as well and if you got to dig deep Josh Hill at tight ends if you have somebody injured or somebody off or you're scouring the waiver wire you could look to that I'm taking the Saints in this one Jaguars at Bills I'll be at this game I'm excited about this hopefully the snow will hold up and it won't be that cold and it won't be snowy let's hope for a sunny day in Buffalo I don't know how that (laughs) I don't know how many times that happens but let's hope for one what do you have for the Jaguars at the Bills yeah, you know, Jacksonville's in a precarious situation here because it looks like their season's over at 3-7. and seven. They, they just haven't played well. Their defense has let them down. When, when, when the cornerstone of your franchise is your defense and your defense has let you down, if one of your most talented players on that defense is creating discourse in the locker room and on social media and bringing apart trade questions, you got problems. This totally surprises me from a Tom Coughlin-led organization. This totally shocks me that these type things are going on. Now, I know Fournette's been out, and, you know, I know they've been trying to do what they could do to fill the gap, but 
you can't be three and seven at this point, not with the talent you have on that team, not with the speed you have at receiver. Now, I know there's guys that are injured. I know Marquise Lee is out, but Jacksonville, you need to get your act together. You need to at least salvage somewhat of a season. Show some self-respect. Show something of yourself. Show that you belong in this league. Don't just roll over and die like I've seen you do. Don't do it. Leonard Fournette's been playing well since he's been back, and if they can run the ball well behind Leonard Fournette, they'll win the game. But it's not going to be easy. It's going to be easier because while they may have Josh Allen back, that's still questionable But for Buffalo. But, you know, it's Buffalo. Buffalo's been struggling as well. So I know you're going into Buffalo, but Jacksonville, you're much better than three points better than Buffalo, even on their turf. No matter injuries, no matter what, say you – I don't think you're going to find value at quarterback in either one of these teams. Running back, Leonard Fournette, again, the number 13 running back on my ranking this week. LeSean McCoy, number 21 on my ranking. And then wide receiver, you never know who the guy is going to be from Jacksonville. So I just don't play any of them. I, I don't roster any of those guys. because You know what? I, I, I Initially, I was disappointed in the Jacksonville receivers. But now I've changed my level of, of expectation. Now I know I'm going to be disappointed, so it's no longer a disappointment. They've met my expectation. My expectation is now minimal from Jacksonville receivers. And the same thing goes for Jacksonville tight ends as well, because I don't know who the guy is going to be. Everybody's hurt all the time, so not a lot of value there. Buffalo, I can't say much better for you, my friend. I'm sorry. I don't know if it's going to be Kelvin Jones with the two catches and 50. I'm sorry, Kelvin Benjamin or Zay Jones with the two catches and 50 yards. Come on. Both teams are better than this. I'm probably not even going to watch this game, unfortunately. I'm a fan, but I don't know if I can watch this game. But, I, you know, I don't even know if I want to pick this game. But just because I have to, I'm going to take Jacksonville. Yeah, you know, the, this game is, is set up to be an ugly game. Jacksonville has, has run the gamut. They had on their schedule every team they faced in the AFC playoffs this past season. They fa- you know, they're facing the Bills now, who they faced in the wild card and beat. They faced the Steelers, who they just lost to in the final seconds, which was ridiculous. And they faced the Patriots, who they defeated. So this season makes no sense because they beat the Patriots, who was the one team they didn't beat in the playoffs last year. They beat them in the regular season this year for the first time ever in the history of the Jaguars. Then they go up against the Steelers. They're not supposed to win the game. They're up 16-6. to They lose 20-16. to Now they're playing the Bills, and there's that concern and that that honest, honest, you know, real feeling that they could lose this game when you would think that that would be crazy that they would lose this game when they defeated the Bills in the playoffs last year, and the Bills don't look like they're a better offense by any stretch of the imagination at all. But Josh Allen is questionable to play with an elbow injury, could come back. Chris Ivory, who was a Jaguar last season, and a couple seasons before, he was in Buffalo. I was at the Buffalo game, and he had to step in for an injured Leonard, or he had to step in to the game and, and, and play at the time for an injured TJ Yeldon, I believe. So he's questionable with a shoulder injury in this matchup. Uh, Jacksonville's got a bunch of guys on IR, and outside of that, not any other injuries to really look at besides a quad injury for DJ Chark, but he's probably not on your roster, shouldn't be on your roster right now. So who do I play in this game for Jacksonville? Leonard Fournette. D.D. Westbrook as a flex position guy. That's all I have to say about Jacksonville. For Buffalo, LaShawn McCoy because Jacksonville struggles against the run, even though LaShawn McCoy hasn't shown up all season. Outside of that, really nobody. 
I think that this game could get ugly. I think this game could be sad, but I'm also going to pick the Jaguars in it. The Browns at the Bengals, Mike, this is a divisional matchup. It's a big-time matchup, and we, we have an opportunity to see what the Browns can continue to do without Hugh Jackson. And the irony of this all is that Hugh Jackson is on the staff in Cincinnati. So very, very, very recent Band-Aid rip is going to have the Browns going to Cincinnati and seeing their former head coach. What do you have for this? Yeah, I think this is going to bode well for Cincinnati because no one knows your weaknesses like yourself. When you look at yourself in the mirror, you know where you're weak and deficient and need some, you know, have some, you know, need to get some strength built or, you know, an area of opportunity, whatever you want to call it. And to have the former head coach, this may be the sole reason he was brought on the staff other than his friendship with the, with the other coaches. This is a, a situation where it's close enough for the Bengals to make that higher to get one more victory because if there is a team that could come up and bite them on the schedule – that there should be, it is the Browns and Baker Mayfield. And don't underestimate Baker Mayfield at all. Baker Mayfield seems to me to be one of those Steve Young kind of guys. One of those guys you can't count out. One of those guys that's going to keep the game exciting. Even if it is a Cincinnati and Cleveland, I'm excited to watch this game because of Baker Mayfield. Now, you notice the difference in my tone of voice from the last game, Jacksonville, Buffalo? There's nothing exciting there. This is exciting to me. Yes, his team is 3-6-1, and one, but this is a guy who can put the team on his shoulders, scramble around, make something happen, get the fans energized, and I am going to call for the upset here. I'm going to say the Browns are going to go into Cincinnati and they're going to win. And one of the reasons why is Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield is the guy that can get this done. I think the Cincinnati defense has been struggling, especially in the secondary. And hello, that's right up Baker Mayfield's alley. That's what he's doing. I think he's going to continue to to energize the crowd. He's going to connect on passes to Jarvis Landry, number 16 receiver on my rankings this week. Rashard Higgins might show up. Heck, we may have, we may see something really cool. We may see an Njoku touchdown. I think you can count on that. He's the number eight tight end on my rankings this week. Now, Cincinnati, A.J. Green's been dinged up. He's not going to be playing. What do they do? They have Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd's a great number two. I don't think he's a number one yet, but he's going to get the targets. He's the number 14 wide receiver on my rankings simply because of the targets. Now, Joe Mixon's been outstanding, number 10 running back on my rankings. And Andy Dalton should have a good game. He should have a solid showing about equal with Baker Mayfield. So that's a draw. I think the running back edge goes to Cincinnati, definitely. But I like Nick Chubb. I like Nick Chubb in this matchup. The Cincinnati defense has been deficient. I'm going to go with Cleveland in this game. There is some value in this game if you look hard enough. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with the Browns in this matchup as well. I do like watching the Browns because of Baker Mayfield, and I give them a lot of credit because the Browns are a team that have been really difficult to watch in recent history, but they don't have too many injuries to worry about. You know, outside of the guys Ricardo Lewis and Rod Streeter that were already on injured reserve but weren't really a factor or, in my opinion, thought to be a factor going into this season at the receiver position. So not too much to be concerned, really nothing to be concerned about with Cleveland on their injury side. And A.J. Green questionable with a toe injury. 
in this game. Outside of that, nobody else. Tyler Croft is still on injured reserve. So for this matchup, in my opinion, Baker Mayfield, he's worth the play. If you have two quarterbacks, you could throw them out there, obviously. If you have somebody, if you have a Jared Goff or Pat Mahomes that are on break this week, there's only two teams that are on break, and that is because of the fact that they were supposed to play in Mexico. So the Monday night football matchup is off this week. So if you got Baker, you could play Baker. Nick Chubb in this game, I like him too. Jarvis Landry and Antonio Callaway. I look at both of these guys and, and, and give them both an opportunity at a wide receiver too. I like Callaway a little bit more than Landry in this game because I think that they take some emphasis off of one another. So just look to that. Joe Mixon is, is worth the play as a low-end two, high-end three, wide receiver, or running back. Tyler Boyd, I still like him as a wide receiver too in this game. And so, you know, ultimately I think there's value on both sides of this thing. And I think that the Browns are going to take it. There's going to be one of these games that the Browns steals, and I think this might be the one. Patriots at the Jets, Mr. Sofka. What do you have for this inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hour? Proudly pro- brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub and the Penn and Trophy Center, both of Central New York. What do you have for the Patriots at the Jets? Yeah, for some reason, these games always are a throw-the-records-out type kind of game. I know one team is 7-3, and three, and one team is 3-7, and seven, and I know on paper one team is superior to the other, but these are always good matchups, just like the Miami matchups with both of these teams as well. So I think there's something special when these teams play. But he, and there's some bad blood, and that bad blood goes back to the coaching changes and decisions and trades and Curtis Martin and all sorts of stuff. But the bottom line is still the bottom line. I think, you know, the New England's a superior team. The evil empire is going to get it done. I'm definitely taking them to win the game. Gronk looks like he's back. He's going to be a top-five tight end this week. Tom Brady's going to be Tom Brady. He's going to be a, a, a low-end quarterback one. I think his career is definitely in the twilight. I, you know, I, I know it's still Tom Brady, but we're used to a certain standard of Tom Brady. So now he's just great. He's no longer elite. Okay, he'll take that at 150 years old, however old he is. Look, Sam Darnold on the other side has been improving, but he keeps throwing picks. He's going to throw picks. He has 11 TDs and 14 picks. He's going to throw a few more in this game, too. Now, Sony Michelle looks like he's back, but, you know, temper your expectations here. I don't think he's going to be the solid, solid guy we think he, he was before the injury, but I think he's back enough to be considered as a high-end RB2. Isaiah Crowell's going to get most of the touches for the uh, the Jets, but Elijah McGuire is back in the mix. Look for him as a flex or a PPR flex type play for you. James White is the receiving back for the uh, the, the Evil Empire, and he's going to get enough touches to warrant high-end RB2 production as well. So think about it. You're going to have high-end RB2 production from both running backs in New England. We never see that. It's going to happen this week. And on the other side of the ball, as far as receiving goes, I don't think the Jets are really have an outstanding receiver. I don't like any of the Jets for fantasy play. As far as receiver goes, they've had some injuries in Uwa. Anderson's supposed to be back. Curse. None of these guys are doing anything for me. The one guy I see as a surprise play that may help you in a touchdown-dependent league is a Chris Herndon, maybe as a mid-range tight end, too, for you. And New England, 
Well, they had just had Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon, nothing big there. They Those guys could win your fantasy league. If either one or both of those guys go off, they could win for you single-handedly this week. Definitely taking New England in this game. Yeah, I think it's a, this, this to me is a New England no-brainer, which always makes me a little bit questionable because I'm like, okay, well, you know, you do this with the, the AFC East. You do it with the Bills and the Dolphins and the Jets. There's no way that they could beat the Patriots this week. And then they go and do something. But I think the Patriots have a lot of value in this one in fantasy. I think Patriots are going to be okay. Dwayne Allen and Rob Gronkowski, both questionable knee and back, respectively. Julian Edelman with an ankle injury is questionable as well for the Patriots. For the Jets side of things, Robbie Anderson, questionable with an ankle injury for the game. Sam Darnold, questionable with a foot injury. So uh, I'm going to make this easy for you. Tom Brady, Sony Michelle, James White, Josh Gordon, all worth the play. Julian Edelman, if he's healthy and ready to go. Gronk, if he's healthy and ready to go. And then as far as the Jets go, really nobody. So let's move on. I'm taking the Patriots in the matchup. Giants at the Eagles, Mike. What do you have for this? I like I like how you went with the dramatic pause there. It sounds like a page out of my book. I love that, Dan. That was awesome. Thank you. I try. <laughs> the Giants and the Eagles, this is always a good game. This is always for bragging rights in that whole territory, the, the South Jersey thing and the cheesesteak thing. And, you know, let, let, let me tell you something. When, when you're playing in these type games, and, and this is what I love about this weekend, in college sports, there's a lot of rivalries. And in NFL, there's, there's rivalries going on because – it just don't get no better in this. The Giants and the Eagles. It's going to be a cold weather game. It's going to be everything it's cracked up to be, except both teams are bad. Both teams are questionably bad. Like, you look at their roster and you go, how can you be this bad? How can you be this bad, Giants, at 3-7? and seven? How can you be this bad defending Super Bowl champs at 4-6, and six, Philadelphia? Are you kidding me? Look, at least let's look at who's going to score some fantasy points in this one because it, it it's just a bad situation right now. Well, maybe Carson Wentz. He looked terrible last week. But I'm going to give him some credit as a bottom-end quarterback one. Eli, not so much. Even though Philadelphia is potentially down three quarterbacks, I still don't believe in Eli Manning, unfortunately. Even though he has an outstanding running back who you better play, and you know you better play him, and take Juan Barkley. He's number two on my rankings this week. I still have no faith in Eli Manning. Even though he has one of the top receivers in the game, and Odell Beckham Jr., number two on my rankings this week, I still have no faith in Eli Manning. And even though he has Evan Ingram, who can check in as a bottom-end tight end one, I still have no faith in Eli Manning. It's a bad situation for you, Giant fans. And it's not any better for you either, Philadelphia fan. When you have a Josh Adams come out of nowhere last week and lead the team, you got more problems at running back than you thought you did. When you get rid of your return man, DeAndre Carter, and you got Corey Clement back there returning kicks, and he looks like he's a better role for returning kicks, but then Wendell Smallwood isn't doing anything, and you're relying on Josh Adams. Well, you got more problems than you think. And just for that, Josh Adams is a flex play for you this week, checking in at number 30 on my rankings. And Philadelphia, you're not doing much better in the receiving department. I, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, where are you? Maybe a flex play for me this week. Golden Tate, 
I haven't seen you show up yet. Hopefully this is the week that you show up. Philadelphia, get your act together. Zach Ertz is the one guy you can hang your hat on. He's the number one tight end in the game right now. But I got no faith in Eli Manning still. I'm going to take Philadelphia to win this game at home. Wow. You just made this game sound totally gross. And I have no desire to watch it now. To the wind out of my sails. But I, I, I'm just, uh, I'm kidding. I had no des- I had really no desire. I mean, these teams are both all kinds of not okay. And, and, and you know, to look, to look at the injury side of things, uh, Giants-wise, Cody Latimer, Jonathan Stewart, these are guys that are on IR. There's nobody else really added to it. Philadelphia, to look at injuries, Darren Sproles, hamstring injuries left him questionable. He's had that for a while. You know, he's played for 115 years. So, you know, after playing that amount of time, you are bound to have some moments where maybe you, uh, you're not 100%. So the Giants, I'm going to take the Giants in this one. I'm going to take the Giants in this one because Philadelphia was completely embarrassed. I think they're still reeling from it. Fantasy-wise, I like Saquon. Odell Beckham Jr., really those are my only two. That I mean, Evan Engram, you could look to him as well at the tight end position. For Philadelphia, Carson Wentz, quarterback two. Elshon Jeffrey, Worth the play, Zach Ertz. Worth the play, but in all honesty, I think this is I think this is Saquon's game. I think Philadelphia's defense is awful. Their hangover from the Super Bowl is tremendously sad. You know, I thought Jacksonville was having a bad season coming off of almost making the Super Bowl. Well, Philadelphia made the Super Bowl. They got pretty much the entire team back, and they are terrible. I didn't think they would beat the Saints. I didn't think the Saints would look them like a, look, make them look like a pee wee football team. So I like Saquon in this game more than anybody, and I think the Giants are going to win the matchup as we move forward. 49ers at the Bucks. So you took the Eagles, I took the Giants, the only one we've disagreed on so far. 49ers at the Bucks, Mike, what do you have for this? Yeah, you know, this is, uh, this is going to be an interesting game. Jameis Winston is back in the saddle. Fitzmagic is over, I think. There's just too many interceptions. You know, Jameis throws a lot of interceptions as well, but this is a risky play for Tampa. And we've mentioned it before, and I'll say it again. If Jameis gets hurt, they're on the hook for $28 million next year. If he doesn't get hurt, he can walk away, they can walk away, and nobody owes anybody anything, and they can move on, which I think is what they want to do, which I think is what they need to do. But what they need to do now, and what Dirk Cutter's looking at is, my gosh, my job is on the line. We're three and seven. We're bad. We can't stop anybody. Well, San Fran's just going to have to travel across the country, West Coast to East Coast, for a one o'clock game with an undrafted, basically third quarterback. Now, Nick Mullins has done an outstanding job, but even against a Tampa defense, which is relatively soft, I think this is a lot to ask because I think Tampa is going to be able to pressure Nick Mullins. I think they're going to be able to get pressure on him and force him into some mistakes. I think this is going to be more points scored than people think in this game because Nick Mullins is capable of putting up points against a defense like Tampa. That being said, I'm still going to go with Tampa to win the game. Jameis Winston, number one fantasy quarterback on my rankings this week. Let me repeat that. Number one 
fantasy quarterback on my rankings this week, Jameis Winston. Nick Mullins checking in at number 17. Uh, you go to running back. Peyton Barber is maybe a running back, too, for you this week. And on the other side, Matt Breda, he's every bit of a running back one. Bottom end running back one, but you can count on him this week. Receiver, I don't think Mike Evans is Mike Evans anymore, and it's worrying me. Hopefully him and Jameis can get back on track. They're going to have to if they want to win this game. He's a bottom end wide receiver one, checking in at number 12 on my rankings this week. And you would think I would have all sorts of San Francisco receivers against this soft Tampa secondary, but I don't. I have Marquise Goodwin checking in at 45. You know who the guy they're going to throw the ball to is George Kittle. Number two tight end on my rankings this week. And we just found out O.J. Howard on IR with a leg injury. So that's going to bump Cameron Braid up. Bumps him right into tight end one consideration. I think this is going to be a lot of points in this game. I think if you have a guy on this on this team, if on your fantasy team, if you have a guy from San Fran or Tampa, he could be the difference in you winning and losing this next week. So check our rankings carefully. And don't be afraid to play those guys. I look for Tampa to win this game in a high-scoring affair. Yeah, and that's because there's no defense and there's nothing to lose. Marquise Goodwin, personal, is questionable for the game. Outside of that, Pierre Garçon, who hasn't shown up all season, is questionable with a knee injury for San Fran. On Tampa's side of things, really quick here, as you said, Mike, O.J. Howard is on IR. Ronald Jones, hamstring injury is questionable. His play has been questionable all year. So as we look at this matchup and who you should be putting out there, San Fran, Matt Days is with the team now. Raheem Mostert was supposed to do something. He got hurt. He's on IR. Matt Breda was supposed to be an answer. He's not. Alfred Morris hasn't been the answer since getting injured in Washington and then going to day. He just hasn't been the answer for a very long time. He was for a little while, one or two seasons in Washington, and that was it. Jarek McKinnon supposed to come over be the number one guy. He got he tore his ACL and was on IR at the beginning of the season. So Matt Day is my guy from NC State is there now, and I'm excited to see what he could do. I hope they give him the ball, and I hope they give him some opportunities because that door is wide open in San Francisco. So I'm excited to see what that could be. Marquise Goodwin worth the play in this one. George Kittle worth the play in this one for San Francisco. Matt Days, just kind of circle him and watch it. Like Mike always says, be two, be two weeks ahead, not a week behind type of thing, and I agree with that, obviously. On the running back side for Tampa, they're not playing a good defense, so Peyton Barber's not a bad guy for you, low end two, high end three. And then Mike Evans, yeah, Mike's right. He hasn't been what he's supposed to be. Chris Godwin has dropped down. Deshaun Jackson, eh. So, you know, let's let's say Deshaun Jackson's the best bet, Mike Evans with him, and then Cameron Brait is your guy now. It's hard to choose between him and O.J. Howard, but this season it seemed a little bit easier that it was going to be O.J. Howard, and instead it's not O.J. Howard. It ends up, it ends up being, uh, at this moment in time, Cameron Brait. So just when you think you know you have no idea, this is the Diary of Britney Spears. So I'm taking the Niners, Mike's taking the Bucks, and we're taking a step aside Right after this, you'll hear from the rest of the matchups in the fantasy football world of Week 12 in the Fantasy Football Power Hour, the pre-Turkey Day stuffed special of Wake Up Call that has featured 13 coaches, and now every single game of Week 12 in the NFL. We'll be back in just a moment. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. 
Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortor on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. I'm proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Going longer here on Wednesday's broadcast, November 21st, to make sure that you are set and ready to go for Week 12 inside of Fantasy Football. If you're in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, why wouldn't you be? In the four leagues in Central New York and the one down in Central Florida, we thank you, we appreciate you, and we hope that you are having yourself a tremendous season. No matter what league you're in, where you are around this world, we are happy to be the voices that help you pick your teams and set it up. Go to the waiver wire, go to free agency, and move around your roster. And those voices are, of course, Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com and myself, Dan Tortora of Wake Up Call DT.com. We thank you for your time, and we thank you for asking us. And we thankful for get, you know we're thankful to give that to you, Mike. And I love this world of fantasy football and its connection to reality, and we're more than proud to share that with you every single week on Thursday, this week doing it on Wednesday with Turkey Day coming up. And with that being said, Seahawks and the Panthers are the next up. What do you have for this, Mike? Yeah, this is a game I'm excited to watch, actually. This is a game that, you know, everybody thinks Seattle is going to lose. Seattle doesn't play well away from home. Seattle's 5-5. Five and five. Well, Carolina's 6-4. and four. That's not much better. I think Carolina is the better team in this. I'm going to take Carolina to win this game. I think Carolina will win this game. But I think this game is going to be 
be better than people anticipate. I don't think Seattle's going to play as bad as people think. With that being said, Russell Wilson, number 18 quarterback on my rankings. But number five quarterback on my rankings is Cam Newton. We all know we like Cam Newton around here. Look, running back-wise, this could be where the difference is in the game. Christian McCaffrey, number four running back, especially in a PPR situation. This guy might even be better than that. This guy may be top three, top two in a PPR format this week against Seattle. On the other side of the ball, they got some guys that can run the ball. I like Chris Carson a lot. I think he's the best running back of that newly formed three-headed attack now with Rashad Penny now in the fold, Mike Davis now making appearances with Chris Carson's injury. Look for Carson to get the lion's share of the carries there, but it's going to be enough to muck up the waters where I don't think you can count on him more than a running back three or a flex. Receiver-wise, is a difference as well. It's a difference in the whole game but not from team to team. It's a difference in how this game is going to be run. There's going to be more rushing. There's going to be more running. Because when Tyler Lockett is the number one receiver and when Devin Funches is the number one receiver and these guys are checking in maybe as a flex, you're not going to see a lot of activity from them. A surprise guy, maybe in a daily format, might be DJ Moore. He's lit it up recently as well. They're concentrating on getting him the ball more. I like Greg Olson. I've liked Greg Olson. He's usually the number one target in Carolina. Number nine tight end on my rankings. And, you know, Nick Manette, you can't really count on, you know, him putting up tight end one numbers. But if you have a Kelsey on a bye this week, he might be somebody you could snap up and, and plug in for you. I like Carolina at home in this game. Yeah, I'm going to take the Panthers at home in this one as well. I am one of those people that doesn't trust Seattle on the road. Uh, really nobody on Seattle's side to be concerned about. Torrey Smith, questionable with a knee injury for Carolina, but hasn't been much of anything to the team this year. Russell Wilson, eh, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game for Seattle, so I'd probably stay away from him. Chris Carson on the ground, flex. Tyler Lockett, flex. Nick Vanette, high-end kind of mid-range tight end too and then on the other side of it for Carolina like you said Cam Newton loves some Cam Newton and we know that so I like Cam Newton in this game I think this could be a game where Carolina gets up there in the 30s and then holds Seattle down in in the teens if not the singles so I like Cam Newton in this I like Christian McCaffrey in this game as well and and I think Greg Olson's worth the play even though he hasn't been what he's been in the past and I just wonder if he's hampered by injury still throughout the season and I hope that uh, he gets healthy and gets back to being himself, but I'm taking to Carolina as well. Raiders at the Ravens. This seems like it's going to be a, a close game. It seem, it just seems like this game's going to be one of those matchups that comes down to the wire for whatever reason. I think Baltimore's in a lot better standing, but the Raiders want to – here's the thing that that, that that annoys me. The Raiders beat the Cardinals on a last-second field goal. The Chargers lost to the Broncos on a last-second field goal. So I had both of those games right this past week, except for the last three seconds of the game. So I'm already annoyed with these teams. Raiders at the Ravens. But I did say Lamar Jackson would get an opportunity this season, and he won his first game as a starter. So shout-out to him, leading receive, or leading uh, passer and leading running back for the team, leading rusher on the team, so to speak, the dual-threat quarterback. So Raiders at the Ravens, Mike, what do you have for this? All right, here's what I want everybody to do. Stop what you're doing. Look around your house. Look in your car. Look for that spare change. 
you know, we don't even use change anymore. We use credit cards and we never see the coin change. Take all that coin change you have, whether it's $5, whether it's $50, $500, deposit it all in one of the daily fantasy subscription services of your choice, FanDuel, DraftKings, whatever you're using. And I want you to take Lamar Jackson as your quarterback this week. Money in the bank. Now, don't play one of these stupid contests with 40 million other people for 12 tickets. Play one of these 50-50s or one-on-one type things. Because what I'm giving you, the advice I'm giving you is definitely better than half the other people out there. So that's where your money is going to be made. Lamar Jackson, number four quarterback. But Lamar Jackson. He's going to have a lot of value. He's going to have a lot of rushing yards. He's going to have a couple touchdowns. He's even going to have some passing touchdowns against a porous Oakland defense. Now, Derek Carr on the other side, he's by himself. He's got nothing. Doug Martin dinged up. They got a three-headed monster in the rushing attack now. Doug Martin dinged up, but Jalen Richard's going to get some more touches. They're trying to get DeAndre Washington the ball. Jordy Nelson's massively dinged up. All the wide receivers. Brandon LaFell just went out. If Seth Roberts is your number one receiver, you got problems. But he's not the number one receiver. Their number one receiver is a tight end. The only guy you can play from Oakland, Jared Cook. Number four tight end on my ranking this week. Now, Baltimore has some tight ends. That's one of the strengths of their team. They have so much strength at tight end that they can have two or three on the field and none of them will get the ball. They don't get the ball to these guys enough. It's an underplayed position right now. they got to figure that out. they got Mark Andrews. they got Hayden Hurst. they got some talent at tight end, and they're just not using it effectively. Every once in a while, a guy shows up, but until he does consistently, you can't play any of those guys. Receiver-wise, Crabtree might do something this week simply because, well, look, look, look who they're playing. They're playing Oakland. But I can't count on any of that. The only guy I can count on is Lamar Jackson. Oh, and Gus Edwards. Who the heck is Gus Edwards? This guy burst on the scene last week. I don't think you could trust him as more than a running back three, but him running next to Lamar Jackson, catching pitches on options and doing fun stuff that gets the ball to these guys in space, Gus Edwards could overtake Alex Collins. This is a serious situation. If you're a a Baltimore fan, you might actually have a true two-headed running back attack in Alex Collins and a Gus Edwards, a one-two punch. This may be what they were looking for because Buck Allen has kind of fallen off the screen there. I like Baltimore at home big time in this game. Lots of value at the quarterback position. Go get you some Lamar Jackson and Daly. Yeah. I really can't disagree with a lot of stuff that was said here. The Raiders, who do you play? That's a great question. Jared Cook. That's it. Martavis Bryant out for this week. Brandon LaFell, injured reserve. Jordy Nelson, questionable. <clears throat> Dwayne Harris with a chest injury at wide receiver. He's questionable. So many wide receivers. I didn't think any other t- I, th- I didn't think anybody could beat the Saints in wide receiver injuries, but the Oakland Raiders found a way to do it. On Baltimore's side of things. Just a quick note here on any injuries you got to look out for. Joe Flacco's questionable with a hip injury, but we're going to see Lamar. And then Kenneth Dixon is on injury reserve still. And outside of that, there's really nobody else that you have to be too concerned with. So Jared Cook for the Raiders is who you play. On the other side, you play Lamar Jackson. On the other side, you play Gus Edwards as a flex guy because he's out there. And where did he come from? Rutgers. I mistakenly said Miami. 
and I apologize for that. I mistakenly said Miami, I believe, this past week. From Rutgers, undrafted free agent in 2018. Gus Edwards making it happen. I think he might have started in Miami. So, because I know that I'm, I'm connecting him back to that. But Gus Edwards, one of those guys that just kind of snuck onto the roster, wasn't supposed to be much of anything, and Lamar Jackson opened his game up. Lamar had over 100 yards rushing. Gus Edwards had over 100 yards rushing. Lamar Jackson's going to do what Lamar Jackson does, and every quarterback has their people. I tell you this all the time. And so Gus Edwards might just run where Lamar Jackson runs. So I like Gus as a pickup for you this week to use, even if you just use him for this week. And Lamar Jackson, I like him in this game as well. Willie Sneed, because everybody's got their guy. Willie Sneed, flex guy for you. A wide receiver three. John Brown, still an option for you. And, uh, you know, but I think Crabtree, Brown, and Sneed are all wide receiver threes because you don't know which one is going to get the looks from Lamar Jackson. But I'm, I'm leaning on the run, so that means I'm leaning on Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson in this game more than anything, and I'm picking the Ravens. Next one we got up here is the Cardinals at the Chargers. Mike, thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, I, I this is going to be a very one-sided affair. I, I look for the Chargers in this. I think they're one of the better teams in football right now, not too far behind the Saints. I think they got an excellent running attack. Number one running back on my rankings this week in Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is playing so well that Austin Eckler can't even make the most of his touches when he does get them. Melvin Gordon is just playing outstanding. Again, number one running back on my rankings. Not far behind him. David Johnson's been having a resurgence lately. Number nine running back on my rankings this week. And you know what? Quarterback is the difference in this game. On one side of the field, you got Phillip Rivers, who's usually always a, in that number one or QB1 conversation, bottom end QB1 this week. On the other end, well, you know, it's a, it's a learning curve. It's kind of like the Sam Darnold situation. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be growth. Josh Josh Rosen is going to struggle a little bit against the pressure that the Chargers are going to be able to put on him. The Chargers have a certain guy, and you know, coming back here, name a Joey Bosa. So they're just going to be able to put pressure on a young quarterback. When you put pressure on a young quarterback, mistakes happen. You know, you look at the receivers. You got to like a Keenan Allen in this situation. He's probably going to light it up. Number eight receiver on my rankings this week. You look on the other side of the ball, not so much. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald checking in at number 29 on my rankings. Maybe a Christian Kirk is an emergency flex in a deep, deep league. Ricky Seals Jones, I, 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 is, is he hurt? Is he done? I think he's, I think, no, I think he's, he's still around, but he's not going to show up in this game. You know what? Who, you know who's going to show up? Let me give you the surprise name again. Because he showed up the other week, and it surprised the heck out of me. He's 150 years old. You know who I'm talking about? Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates showed up big last week. Number 28 on my rankings. But if you're playing daily, go ahead and pick him up as your tight end. Take a chance with this guy. He may get you 50, 80 yards and a touchdown or two, and that's what you need from your tight end. I'm taking the Chargers. The Chargers big in this one against Arizona. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers in this game as well. Uh, it, it, David Johnson's not what he used to be. Or he's not just this. I shouldn't say he's not what he used to be. This season, he just doesn't look like David Johnson. So my, I, he's he's a running back two for you, but it's just it's just a sad place. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, 
It still does. I mean, Christian Kirk, I mean, this offense just doesn't do a lot of great things. So Fitz and Kirk are low. They're threes. David Johnson is a two. On the other side of it, Phillip Rivers worth to play. Melvin Gordon worth to play. Tyrell Williams worth to play. Keenan Allen worth to play as a low-end two, maybe high-end three guy. And then outside of that, Antonio Gates might get some action because they're playing the Cardinals. So why the heck not, I guess, is the way that I look at this game at this point of taking the Chargers. We're going to have to run through these last four quick. Steelers at the Broncos, Mike, what do you got? Yeah, I like Ben Roethlisberger, number seven quarterback on my rankings this week. And, you know, not so much. I don't think you can count on a Case Keenum. James Conner doing a bang-up job all year long, catching the ball, running the ball. Number six running back on my rankings. Philip Lindsay with the return of Royce Freeman. This has ironically made Philip Lindsay better and more productive. Number 19 running back on my ranking. Royce Freeman, good for a flex for you at number 37 on my ranking this week. And at receiver, we all know who he is. We all know what he does. Antonio Brown, he's the consummate number one, number seven on my rankings this week. Juju Smith-Schuster, not far behind at number 15. And on the other side of the ball, Emmanuel Sanders is the primary target there. But you know what? Cortland Sutton's going to get some looks. He's worthy of a bottom-end wide receiver, too, for you. And at tight end, there's really not much to report other than Vance Donald's probably going to push some guy's face mask through the turf so far that he makes replays on ESPN all night again. You know, I wish I could tell you that this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be all Pittsburgh in this one. I think Pittsburgh is on a resurgence. I think Pittsburgh is a team to look out for to take down the Patriots in the evil empire. I like Pittsburgh in this one. Yeah, I, I have this nagging suspicion this game could could get close at some point, but I'm taking the Steelers in this matchup as well. Really nobody on either side, injury-wise, to be concerned about. You play Big Ben, you play James Conner, you play Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Vance McDonald. If you got a dig, maybe you go after Jesse James, but I like Vance at the tight end position more for the Pittsburgh Steelers. they got a lot of depth all over the field when it comes to offense. On Denver's side of it, Emmanuel Sanders, Case Keenum, that's his guy, so you can look to him. Phillip Lindsay, if you want to go flex. But outside of that, I really don't see much coming from Denver outside of Phillip Lindsay and Emmanuel Sanders. Cortland Sutton, I still think it's not there yet, but I really hope for his future. Dolphins at the Colts. What do you have for this, Mike? Yeah, right. Danny Hill's probably going to be back for this one, but I don't think you can play him. He's number 18 on my rankings, whereas Andrew Luck is going to be the difference in this game. He's definitely a quarterback, one at number six. Uh, Marwin Mack's been playing really well, number eight running back. I wish I could say as much for Kenyon Drake and, and, and Frank Gore in Miami. Those guys are maybe flex plays at best. And as far as receiver goes, T.Y. Hilton's the guy. He's the number one target for Andrew Luck. And you know what? Those tight ends in Indianapolis have come around as well. So I think it's Doyle and Ebron scoring on jet sweeps. and It's just ridiculous. So Doyle's the number 10 tight end. The number 16 tight end for me is Eric Ebron. Not so much for, for Miami. And, you know, not so much for Miami on the receiver part either. So, you know, maybe a Kenny Stills, maybe a, a, an Amendola as an emergency flex. I like Indianapolis in this game big time. Yeah, I think Indianapolis is going to be able to handle this game. Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker, both questionable for the game. And on the other side of it, for the, and that's for Miami, on the other side of it for Indianapolis, 
Uh, some notes here. Eric Swoop is questionable with a knee injury behind Jack Doyle, and nobody outside of that that you really have to be too concerned with in this matchup for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. On Miami's side of things, <laughs> it's tough. It's really slim pickings. Fantasy-wise, there's not a lot of value out there. You can try for an Amendola or Kenny Stills, but those are wide receiver fours to me right now. Kenny's a low-end three. So, you know, Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore, Frank's done some good things at 115 years old, but still, you know, this Colts team is doing some good things. They're on a four-game winning streak. They're at home in this game. So I lean more on Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, who finally looked like himself this past week, over 150 yards, two touchdowns receiving. Jack Doyle in this game, I like him too, and Marlon Mack for the Indianapolis Colts. Jordan Jordan Wilkins is, is getting touches but Marlon Mack is still seems to be the guy, so I'd go with Marlon on this one. Wilkins, if you have to put somebody in late, you got an injury, you got to pick somebody up, he may be out there for you to kind of just set in there for this Thanksgiving week, at least for this week. Sunday night football, Packers at the Vikings, Mike. What do you have? And I'm picking the Colts, if that wasn't clear. Uh, Vikings at home against the Packers, what do you have for this? Yeah, remember uh, last year, the year before, when Aaron Rodgers came out with the R-E-L-A-X, Relax. Well, I got one for you, Aaron. P A N I C. Panic, because you're four, five, and one, my friend. You're going into a place that's five, four, and one. They don't like you. Your division rival. This game is everything. This is your season right here on the line. You better perform. Both quarterbacks are bottom end quarterback ones for me. Aaron at eight and Kirk Cousins at ten. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has been doing a Fantastic job. Number 12 on my rankings this week. And Minnesota's proud to have Dalvin Cook back, but he's checking in at number 20. I don't think he's going to be able to run as effectively as Aaron Jones is, and that's going to be the key difference in the game. Both teams are multi-talented at receiver. And Thielen and Diggs, both wide receiver ones. And then on the other side of the, of, of, of the ball, you know, they have Valdez Scanling. They have Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, number four. Valdez Scanling, number 23 on my rankings. And then as far as tight ends, you know, it, it could be a draw with Jimmy Graham with the large hands and the large body, able to be an effective red zone target, checking in at number 17. And Kyle Rudolph at number 11 on my rankings this week. So some fantasy points to be had. Look for some big plays on defense to be the difference. But I think the, the running game is going to be the ultimate difference. And I'm going to look for Green Bay to go into Minnesota and pull the upset here. All right. Well, that's that's on Mike's side of it for Sunday Night Football, which just seems to be the home of the Packers pretty much. The injuries are on the Packers' side. Jimmy Graham, thumb injury, questionable. Randall Cobb, hamstring injury at wide receiver is questionable in the game. Aaron Rodgers, worth the play in this matchup. It's Sunday night. He may need to come back. I think the Vikings defense is going to do some things. Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I like them all in this matchup. Uh, Aaron Jones, a low-end running back, too. For Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, not a bad play in this because he might have to come back. And Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, I like them. Kyle Rudolph is a play for you as well. Delvin Cook comes in to me as a, as a wide re- or running back two, lower end running back two because of the injury, because of the hamstring that's been nagging, and because I haven't really seen a lot from him this season. I'm picking the Vikings at home but I think it's going to be a really good game. And here is my question to round out today's fully stuffed pre-Turkey Day special. Why in the hell of the reality of the NFL did the Titans get two 
Monday night football games, both in the, in the state of Texas. They face the Cowboys. Now they're facing the Texans. How in Sam hell do the Jaguars lose Sunday night football and get moved to 1 o'clock, yet the Tennessee Titans get to play two Monday night football games? This makes no sense. Mike, take it away. Yeah, this is an interesting game, and there's something interesting. There's There's got to be something going on with the Mariota injury here that we don't know about yet as far as the line. Vegas hasn't even put a line out on this game, so I don't think you're going to be able to count on Mariota this week. With that in mind, I'm definitely going to take Houston in this game. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's the number 14 quarterback on my rankings this week. Deion Lewis looks like a guy that's been the number one quarterback running back on that team, but I don't think you can count on him any more than an RB2 this week. Tennessee's had, um, you know, some issues running the ball at times. Deion Lewis, for the small stature guy he is, looks like the better option over a Derrick. You know, on the other side of the ball there, Lamar Miller is doing okay. He's the number 17 running back on my rankings. And, you know, watch out, Dante Foreman is coming back. That might be a handcuff for you in a deep bench situation in a deeper widespread league. Uh, wide receiver-wise, DeAndre Hopkins is one of the most talented wide receivers in the game. There's no doubt about that. Corey Davis is trying to become that. He's the consummate number one on the other side. But that's more so by default. Number 21 on my rankings this week. Look for Kiki Cootie to be back. Uh, he's going to be able to break things up. He's more of a flex or a wide receiver three type play for you. And tight end. This is where there's a little bit of a difference, too, because, well, I don't think you can really count on a Johnu Smith. And you know what? On Houston's side, there's really not one guy stepping up. One week it's one guy, one week it's the other. I think it's going to end up being Jordan Thomas from the looks of it, but I'm not confident in any tight end. I look for the Houston Texans to win this game. Yeah, the only injury, and Mike brought it up, is the neck injury to Marcus Mariota, who's questionable for the game. On Tennessee's side of things, Deion Lewis, I look, I look to put him out there at running back for, for Tennessee. He's a low end two, I think, for you this week. Outside of that, I really don't see any other Titans that I'd lean on. Corey Davis, if, if you got to dig deep, but I don't, I don't see a lot of value with the Titans as far as fantasy. On the other side of it, I think Deshaun Watson's not a bad play, especially if you want that Monday night helper. DeAndre Hopkins also and you know Demarius Thomas you can you can utilize him and just kind of put him out there as a flex guy and roll the dice a little bit to see what can happen in this game i would i would like to think that Demarius could get a score in this matchup on the other side of DeAndre and uh, and and shout out to Houston outside of Will Fuller the 5th with health at their wide receivers and i hope that that continues for them because it's it's hard to see and I know they've been through a lot of injuries I'm picking Houston to win this game so Mike last week had the only winning record in week 11 of our predictions nine and four I was six and seven Jordan was six and seven and John was four and nine which leaves our overall standings through 11 weeks Mike is 99 wins 60 losses two ties I'm 94 65 and two John is 91 68 and two and Jordan is 87 72 and two so congratulations to you Mike happy turkey day and I look forward to talking with you soon. And I can say this early, I'm thankful to have my co-host, Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Happy Thanksgiving, brother. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you as well, Dan, and I feel the same. Thank you. All right, Bye-bye. take care. I'll talk to you soon.